Hello, Jan Stalkic here. Welcome to the Tech Stories next episode. Today we have a guest from Israel, Mayor Linsen. Mayor is not only head of tax of the largest Israeli law firm, Herzog, Fox and Neiman, but also the chairperson of the firm. In today's episode, we will talk about links between Israel and Latvia. Mayor will suggest some Israeli writers for your bookshelf. We will talk about the post-Soviet immigration, how it affected the Israeli economy. Mayor has prepared a good tax story for you. We will also speak about how fair the progressive income tax is and about meaningful tax incentives that influence the behavior of people and about the eternal cat and mouse game of tax structuring. So stay tuned. Here we go. I will uh, briefly introduce our listeners to you. You are a managing partner of Herzog, Fox and Neiman, the, the law firm. You are with the firm already for a very long time. I saw that for 36 years. You are also head of tax, private clients and trusts and estates department. I think it's needless to say, but you are a top tier firm and top tier tax practice in Israel. And, and even in Chambers, I saw they are saying quite boldly that this is the strongest tax practice of any law firm in Israel. So it's quite clear you are leaders in the market. And I remember one of our partners was surprised that I have good relations with anybody at Herzog because it's so well-regarded firm. Did I miss something about your CV? From June 1st, I'm not anymore a managing partner, but I uh, I became chairman. What was your thinking? Why did you agree to this podcast? Ah, yes, you know, I, I think that people think the tax is very boring and people that dealing with the tax are, have no soul. So I decided we have to break these perceptions. Excellent. You know, I'm a little bit in romantic mood today because uh, today we have 15 years anniversary uh, since marriage with my wife. And uh, thank you. And uh, I know that your wife is from Latvia. Maybe you can share your story. How did you meet your wife? I met her in a conference in, uh, in Tel Aviv. In a, in, a, in a professional, she's also a lawyer. For sure, you are well aware of uh, things that are happening here in Latvia. What's Israeli perception of uh, Latvia and Baltic states? Uh, what, if you need to describe uh, to somebody uh, what Latvia is like in a couple of sentences. So Israelis know very little about the Baltic and, and Latvia. On the other hand, there is a, a history of the uh, Jews in the Baltic, especially in Lithuania and Latvia. My wife always showed me the contribution of the Latvian Jews uh, to the state of Israel. The Latvian Jews that immigrated to uh, Palestine and then to Israel, uh, they have substantial uh, influence on our culture, on our economy, and our uh, and our politics. So uh, uh, although they, they were not the biggest Jewish community that immigrated to Israel. Just to give you an example, our language is Hebrew. Hebrew is the language the Bible was written, but it was as the Jews were expelled by the Romans 2,000 years ago and lived in many countries, they didn't speak Hebrew except that when they was reading the Bible or praying. And there was a Jewish guy that immigrated from Latvia his name is Eliezer ben Yehuda, and he revived the Hebrew language, which is a miracle. The, the, in Ireland, for instance, very few people speak the Gaelic. You have the famous uh, chocolate 
Corporation, Lima, yeah? Yes, that's right. And it belonged to uh, Jewish families. And then the Latvian government, that was a, a very right-wing and racist before the war, they in a way forced them to sell the company. They were very fortunate because they saved the terrible war and they immigrated to Palestine. And with the little money that they got, they established bigger company than Lehman. It's, it's our national chocolate. So our chocolate <laughs> is Latvian chocolate at the end of the day. <laughs> All right. Many of the classical uh, musicians like Misha Maisky came from, uh, from Latvia. In the politics, we have uh, some of the uh, famous politicians like uh, Misha Arens, uh, that was Minister of uh, Defense. He passed away uh, two years ago and our ambassador to Washington and many. Uh, so the, the, uh, although they are not a very famous as Latvian, but if you look at the roots, the, 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 the Latvian Jews, had a lot of influence uh, in the uh, prosperity and culture of this uh, country. Just my wife, that is very Latvian patriotic, sent me <laughs> a message that uh, uh, she read that there are two father and two brothers, I think, Shamir brothers, and they, when we got our independence in 1948, they shaped the, the symbol of the state based on, on all symbols. It's the menorah with olive uh, leaves. So the, the, you, you see a lot of the, the influence of the Latvian. And I, I, but if you ask the, the common Israeli about uh, Latvia, there are people that immigrated from Latvia to Israel in, in, the, when the, uh, in the 90s. Yes, in the 70s, few, and then in the 90s. Of course, they're going back and forth. They like Latvia very much, beautiful country. But if you ask the common Israelis, they don't know uh, a lot of, of the, the current situation. The current situation, your neighbors, your threats, your, even your, the movement from the east to the west, the, the old, I think, just relatively few people uh, know uh, about. Let's hope uh, the traveling will re resume and then uh, there will be again more possibilities to know each other. Yeah, La Lat Latvia as a country considered now, as most of the East European countries, is very uh, friendly with Israel. So now with the, with the last war events, Latvia's government supported the Israeli uh, view because Latvia, Latvia's government tried to uh, be close to, to, to the US and also that influence, but also you see uh, sympathy by, by the governments. Let's talk about you personally a little bit. Uh, how do you, do you recharge your batteries? Uh, you, you are working, I, I guess, quite a lot, but do you have some hobbies? My main hobbies is, is reading. And uh, because I was on planes all the time, I decided like 15 years ago on planes not to walk and even not to watch movies but to read books. I, I was frustrated for many years that they didn't read enough and in the last 15 years. And then came the corona. And with the corona, although I had a lot of time to be at home, I didn't have the, I, 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 I could not read a lot of, I'm speaking, non-professional uh, uh, reading. I think I like classical music. My wife took me to a lot, with pleasure to a lot of concerts and operas. Unfortunately, I, I, I'm not doing sport almost at all. So uh, I like traveling, uh, both nature and in Israel, but also all over the world, both cities and, and rural areas. What memories do you have of your best travels? I have many uh, good memories. You know, we had like a few years ago, went to Iceland. Uh, it 
was magnificent. Uh, I like Latvia, by the way, going uh, very beautiful country. Uh, and of course, the, the more adventurous was in South America to the uh, like the salt desert in Bolivia, China. I was one of the first when China was open to visit a lot of nice visits to Japan. I'm going a lot to Japan. So I, I, I like to uh, the, 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 uh, to meet different people and different uh, cultures. You, you mentioned that you, you like reading books. So what, what would be your some books from your home library that you would recommend to read? Most of my reading is not uh, fiction, but history and also military history. But I, I read a lot about European history, especially the uh, Second World War. My uh, Roots are from Poland. Both my parents were Holocaust survivors, so I, I, I read a lot, not only Jewish history, but also general history. Also, the uh, impact of the uh, both dictatorship, the Nazi and the uh, Soviet, that uh, that uh, during the uh, that that you you know in a way better. I know very well also the, the the history of my country. And fiction, although I'm fluent in English, I like to read more in Hebrew. And and uh, there are very good authors in Hebrew. My favorite is uh, Amos Oz that passed away two years ago, and he was also uh, very famous. And in the old days, the, there is a guy that uh, Shai Agnon, by the way, relatively many Israelis uh, won the Nobel Prize, and he, he won for a, a literature, Shai Agnon. He wrote in a very special uh, language, uh, primarily about the uh, life in uh, in in Eastern Europe. So a Jewish writer uh, uh, that also got a Nobel Prize, uh, it's Chag B'Shevi Singer. Interesting, I, I will check it out. One of my best uh, series on Netflix was Homeland, which was based on uh, Israeli series, I understand. And this yes. was actually suggested to me by one of our firm partners. Any other famous Israeli movie or piece of artwork that comes to your mind that that uh, you you can suggest? In music, the Israeli Philharmonic Orchestra is uh, one of the best in the world. Also because it was very open, you know, uh, until two years ago, the conductor for 40, more than 40, 50 years of the orchestra was an Indian guy, Zubin Mehta. And uh, many of the musicians are from ex-Soviet Union uh, countries, including from uh, Latvia. So we are, it's it's very interesting. I think we're very good theaters, but they're in Hebrew. Now going more and more abroad, our national theater, Abima, can you guess where it was established? Riga? In Moscow. It was established in Moscow in 1920. And then after uh, 10 years, when the persecution started there, well, they moved here. It's unbelievable. So it was strong influence of uh, Russian culture here. So uh, the, there was a joke that in order to be theater player, you have to have a Russian accent or to adopt one. <laughs> I guess you have also quite a lot of uh, Russian uh, clients or businesses. Well, I, I would describe it as ex-Soviet Union. So it's all. So what happened in the 90s, uh, more than one million at the time out of five million came and uh, people saw that it will destroy economy because so many imagine in, in uh, to the United States that 50 million people will will immigrate in two years and the opposite happened it's since then the Israeli economy is booming we got a lot of uh, skilled people but more than that skilled children 
children were born here were because the, the education was so important for the parents. So the Israeli high tech is, is led by second generation of ex-Soviet Union. So it's not only Russia, it's all, it's including uh, your country that are leading the, the, the Israeli high tech uh, uh, boom. Uh, so so uh, yes, you can. So in the beginning, you can hear the uh, uh, Russian when you went to supermarkets. You know, people uh, that they took any job. Doctors were uh, working in in supermarkets and uh, etc. But you see, now they are well off. If we look at at your uh, portfolio, I can see that you mentioned quite a lot of uh, working with high net worth individuals. So. What would be typical services you handle for them? So no, but we 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 are representing most of the multinationals working in Israel. I uh, you mm -hmm. asked about the high network individual, so the the average profile of a high network individual is not local people, but international families. Most of them are Jewish families, although more and more we represent. Arab families from the Gulf and uh, and some families from Eastern Europe, but most the, the of of the families we represent are Jewish families from the West, not from the uh, uh, Russia, uh, from the ex-Soviet Union. Few yes, but most are from the U.S., U.K., Germany, Switzerland, and France. That they immigrated to Israel, or children immigrated to Israel, or Israelis that left from Israel, to and 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 Jewish families tend to be spread in few countries. So we deal with situations of people and assets that are located uh, or relocated in few jurisdictions. So we deal with with few laws. So therefore, always we're working with other law firms. What we're trying is to give comprehensive solutions. Namely, that a client that is coming to us will get overall solution, tax and legal, family law, trust, wills, uh, and doing power of attorney, and tax planning, succession planning, uh, Israeli law, UK law, we, we give. So sometimes we get referral from a, a firm. And then we'll do what we are asked to do. But if a family is coming to us, ab initio, we build a, a concept that these people are very lonely. It's very, although, you know, they may be very rich. If they own a company in the company, there is CEO and CFO and CEO. In, in family businesses, it's very different. And people tend to not to deal in depth with 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 problems. And, and sometimes these families are in the world's bigger than 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 big companies, uh, so we are very proud, not about not only about our success but about our mission, the way that we shape the uh, in in our country the private client practice. Mm. And, and for me, uh, after many years of dealing also with the corporate world, I enjoy working with people with human beings other than with just papers. We spoke about. Uh a lot about uh, Israeli movies and literature. Uh, uh, any story that comes to your mind uh, related to tax? So, uh, of course, I have a lot of stories. Uh, 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 many of them, or most of them, are very interesting from 
tax point of view, but really not interesting. So I thought about funny story that uh, that you want. So in Israel, and th and that's to be true, happened to the f one of the founders of my firm, Yaakov Neiman, that was very famous uh, tax lawyer and was professor of of tax law in NYU. So in Israel today, the tax rates are high, but not as terrible as they were in the let's say 70s or 80s. So today the maximum tax rate for individuals is 50%. At the time it was more than 90%. And the the uh, the way the tax is uh, calculated in Israel is that there are tax breaks. The more you mm -hmm. earn, you you pay more. And in order to uh, give incentives to spouses to go to work, because the in Israel it's not uh, it was not as common as in Europe. The the tax breaks, usually you look at the family level. So you take the income of the husband and income of the wife combined together. And of course, the burden of tax was very high. So in order to give incentives to spouses to go to work, uh, the, uh, the, it's called separation calculation. Couple could uh, elect to separation of couple, and that was still today, but it was big tax benefit. There was exception to this benefit if the husband and the wife are working in the same business because the tax authority thought it's artificial planning to split the income between the husband and the wife. There were exception to the exception, let's say both of them are doctors or both of them are lawyers, but but if people are, didn't have prof same profession, uh, the, the separation of calculation didn't count. So the story that that my partner said that um, a, a lawyer came to him say you you know we pay too much tax and say so what what your wife is doing my wife is working with me as secretary but you know because she's working with me we we, we calculate the 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 as one unit and then my partner said you know very interesting. I had a similar case, another lawyer came to me and said he's paying too much tax. And and when I asked him what his wife said, that his wife is secretary in his office, and therefore they don't separate the calculation. And then my partner said, you know, let's do as follows. Your wife will work with the other lawyer and 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 his wife will work with you. Try. And then there is a, a separate calculation. It was great advice. And then uh, after a year, you know, he met uh, one of them and said, how is going my tax spending? Say, you know, it didn't work. Say, why didn't work? You know, I fell in love with my secretary. <laughs> I divorced my wife and married the secretary. Oh, and, the, and the same happened to my, my friend. He fell in love with his secretary, divorced his wife, and, and married my ex-wife. Wow, that's and a good then, one. And then my my partner said, "Okay, it's not the end of the world." So what I suggest is that his wife, namely your ex-wife, will be your secretary. <laughs> Switch back. And the other way around. <laughs> and. The, I, I don't know. You, no, we can, we can, if, if I was a, a writer, I would say that that would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody can think of their own continuation of the story. Yes. So we have to learn lesson not to be 
so creative with our tax planning because it can destroy families. Yes, there's something more important than tax. I had similar case that we have a, we have a law that you can avoid the two tiers of taxation in companies in a transparent company. But transparent companies should be only members of family. Okay, it should be family corporation. Not we don't have like the U.S. They have the S corporation or the uh, S corporation maybe, but the LLC that maybe uh, people from that are not family members. So there was a big exit in Israel, and I, as a joke, said to someone, you know, uh, there was a, a, a two men and a woman that were bus- business partners. They, due to bad tax spending, held the shares in a company through personal holding companies. And I suggested the merger between the companies and they will marry each other. I, I suggested as a joke, say, <laughs> I'm going to pay another $50 million, but not to marry this uh, woman. Okay. But uh, yeah, always I'm saying to people, you know, there are limits to tax spending. On paper, they may work very nicely, but you have to be careful. Also in family planning, you have to be careful, not, uh, you know, to, the, the, the planning should reflect reality. Actually, I wanted, to, uh, as you started your story, uh, I wanted to ask about these brackets of uh, progressive income taxation. I'm quite often thinking about this, how unfair that tax, that system actually is. What's your view on that? Let's take an example I, I like to mention sometimes that... Uh, if I go to some um, conference somewhere abroad, I need to take a flight to U.S. Eight hours flight. I I do some work. I do some reading. I, I do something uh, valuable. But uh, most of the people I I see that are are watching movies or doing pretty much nothing uh, during that time. The system is penalizing me for basically doing something uh, more than probably anybody else is doing. If I earn more. I'm in a big, in a higher bracket of income uh, taxation, and uh, and I, I I beg to differ. You know, in the United States, for many years, income tax or progressive income tax was considered as contrary to the Constitution, as it's not equal, because two people pay different tax, although there are two people. Of course, the difference between the two of them, one earn a lot and one earn little. You know, there should be a balance uh, that people, there should be incentive for people for working. But, uh, you know, we saw last year with, or still we've seen in, in many countries, the corona, that the public sector, the, 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 the private sector was also important, like the protection of uh, patents that give incentive to pharmaceutical companies to develop, etc. But still, uh, governments took upon themselves most of the burden. And we saw that the less educated and the uh, uh, less paid people, they lost their jobs. Uh, they could not finance a curement. You see the, the, the difference between the poor and the rich. You know, I am very far of being socialist, but for many, many years in Israel, most people like me, professionals in law firms and accountancy firms are working via companies. And the tax rate for company is 23% in Israel, and individuals pay 50%. And 
and I was, although I was the senior partner in my firm, I was one of the very few partners that was acting as individual and not as, as a company. Because I could not tolerate that I could pay 23% or, and uh, until I, 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 I distribute dividends and my secretary will pay 35 or 40%. I, I, I could not. And you know, the head of the tax authorities in Israel knew about it. I got a lot of personal reputation about it. I stopped this and now working as a company uh, because there is some stupid law that if you acting as individual, you pay 50%. And if you're acting as a company and immediately distribute dividends, you pay 48%. So that's, you know, to be stupid, I'm not ready. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to work for ideology, but not the, 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 the law will uh, force me to work as a stupid. I don't want to, to work in an inefficient way. Yes, I was ready to pay until the, the maximum tax rate, but I, I, I cannot tolerate that, that, that I can act as a company, distribute dividend, pay 48%. That's... Mm. And, and 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 if I was working individual 50%, but for many 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 years I was working, and I I believe that the state has an important role. In our country, the biggest uh, portion of the budget is going to defense. If without good and army and a lot of uh, weapons, we we would not survive. So I understand why why government needs money. And and just for instance, in the last war that we had with Gaza. A lot of missiles were shot into to Israel, and 99% of them were destroyed by anti-missile system called Iron Dome. So the government invested in uh, in its development, few billions, but also each missiles cost about $100,000, and we know that we need it. So uh, the cost of you know, building the new new missile for the next challenge to have it will be one billion. So people here, although you know, it's not the the many don't pay, don't declare all of the taxes here. Uh, I uh, I live very peacefully that that uh, it's going to medis to medical care that we have. You know, all population in Israel is insured by law in a in a very good way. The education is free in Israel. We have, uh, you know, the defense. So, but what what is the balance? Two things. First of all, uh, there is a rule in Israel now that people will be left with at least 50% of the income. That's a rule that was in the 80s, because before it was much more. And to be left with 50%, it's fine. And the second thing is that it's not happening. It's there should be equality by enforcement of. And, and 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 there are many people that uh, don't don't declare all of the taxes. That's very deep thought. Uh, this solidarity with less protected and with the government, what they are doing, that's a very good thought. Are your clients also thinking like that? You would be without job. <laughs> all of them will fire me. Yeah. No, always I'm telling clients don't take too aggressive approach in tax or you know. People want to save and not too aggressive. And also, if you are rich, enjoy your wealth and don't, you know, live in a place that you don't enjoy uh, uh, your, your life. That's that also I tell or, you know, I have a, a client of mine, very wealthy. There is no uh, 
inheritance tax in Israel, which sometimes forced people to leave country. Now he left to Portugal. Again, it's a nice country, but he's quite ill, etc. And here, all his doctors here, etc. And I told him, no, I would not. Instead of you, would go to Portugal, very nice country, to go as a tourist, but uh, to to uh, retire, I would not uh, choose it. If if you're wealthy enough, do nice tax planning, but not. Uh, if you, if you want to, to go to, to live in a sunny place, if you want to, to, to live in a rainy place, it's one thing. But if you want to change all your life because of tax, that's a, most people I would not suggest. What area of taxation is in your heart? What, what do you like best? I would describe it like that. When I started my career as a lawyer, my firm was very small. Today we are 450 lawyers. I was... I was joining like number five or, f or six in my firm. And at the time I was generalist. In my tax department, most of the lawyers know tax better than me. They're better technician. But always they tell them, I know law better than you. And what I like is the combination of legal concepts into tax uh, plannings. So I'm using family law, corporate law, and a lot of areas of law, uh, private international law, into the, my tax planning, which, and, and most of my interesting, creative, and best tax planning were based on non-tax concept. I brought a, a legal solution into the tax planning. Interesting. I read uh, about uh, Jakob Neiman. Uh, you, you mentioned him uh, earlier, that uh, he, he was a founding partner of, of your firm. Is he? the reason of uh, why your firm is so strong in taxation and uh, if, if not, what's the secret of, of your firm being so strong in tax? Yes, no doubt that he started the modern uh, tax practice in law firms, uh, uh, tax departments, uh, uh, etc. He was one of the first Israelis to study abroad. He went in the 60s to NYU. He did his LLM and then PhD, and he was professor of tax law. Many of clients, Israelis international, came to the firm uh, because of him and because uh, the importance of, of tax. And later on, also, the government appreciated his uh, skills, and he became minister of finance in, uh, in Israel, although he was not a politician. It's very rare. But now, if, if you look at the latest years of your success under your ruling, so to say, what uh, are your trade secrets, if you can share some of them? First of all, you know, you have to know your client and its needs. The understanding the needs, uh, have a good relationship. In, in Israel, it's complicated because you have to have also good relationship with tax authorities because the law is not always clear enough. And, and, and working, working hard and also working closely with other parts of the firm with the transaction lawyers, with the litigation partners, etc. I remember we met for the first time in a restaurant in Seoul, South Korea. And uh, from that trip, one of my best memories was related to tax, actually, how a part of uh, post-war Seoul was built. Uh, they said, here's one part of the river. There will be no taxation if you move to the other side of the river. Is there a, a similar story about Israel, how taxation has been used wisely to reach some positive change of behavior? The, yes, in Israel, the tax system is uh, with a lot of incentives. 
So for individuals, if people live in the periphery, uh, they have tax benefits, like in border areas or poor areas. Of course, it's give incentive to rich, educated people to go there. The poor people, they don't pay taxes. Second thing is that there are a lot of tax benefits to technological companies. It's called approved enterprise status. Uh, I think I, in one of your seminars, I spoke about it. Mm. And if you have technological company in the periphery, there is another tax benefits. There are tax benefits given to foreign investors. So all the system is giving tax benefit. So for instance, the legislation now that is suggested by the US of minimum corporate tax rate uh, will kill a lot of disincentives. Like the, the, the big US multinationals that uh, that have presence in Israel, they can pay only 4% corporate tax. I think we live in very interesting times. It seems like the world uh, has woken up from a bad dream and, and realizes it's possible to make it right, transparent, without offshores. What do you think uh, the future will be in, uh, let's say, 10 years' time, uh, the, the, the future of taxation of tax uh, practice? As long as dogs and cats will not disappear in our world, and dogs will... <laughs> go after cats and cats will go after mice. The same desire of people to pay less tax, not because they're criminals, because because they believe that the property is taken in an unjustified way by the governments, or just because they're greedy. But most people are normative. I think that, yes, in the lives of tax planners and taxpayers, perhaps in a way are more difficult, but as long as I told you there is dogs and cats, uh, there will be, we all will try to find the ways in a legitimate way to reduce the tax burden of our clients. And the areas that I'm focusing in tax plannings are exactly the same areas as now governments want to block the, the loopholes. So the definition of onshore versus offshore uh, the definition of UBO. We have to, to walk through these definitions. And, and that's not new in my tax planning. I always tell to people, it is not just papers. Substance, always important for tax planning, but also for the uh, business. People created structures that have nothing with reality. And that's also complicated businesses. So the, some of the old tax planning will disappear and new one will appear. Cat and mouse game. Yeah. I will end traditionally. What is your perception of meaning of life? This is too big for me. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm happy to live. That I can tell you. My parents were persecuted during the war, Second World War. And for me, it doesn't matter. In a good day or hard day, uh, I'm happy to live, to appreciate what I have, to appreciate to be healthy, to appreciate to have work. Not always the work is the most interesting, not always it's it's the most profitable, but I I think we should enjoy and appreciate what you what we have, each of us. Really great words. Thank you, Mayor. Um, really appreciate your time. And it's I very interesting in the middle of the day, uh, such conversation. I, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Really enjoyed. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for staying with us with this Tech Stories new episode. If you liked the episode, feel free to share it to somebody to whom this might be inspiring. As always, I will be happy to hear your feedback on any of the social media platforms. Thank you for staying with us today and until the next time, goodbye.